everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. Today is actually the 31st day of August. And frankly, for those of us who live in the Midwest, it already feels like fall. It's been feeling like fall since the beginning of August. <laughs> I mean, the summer just kind of left. We've had a few spurts here and there of warm weather, but frankly, it's fall. Let's just be honest with it. And fall kind of came early to this part of the country, early this year. I mean, the leaves began changing. That's always an early indicator of fall, but it's the wind. It's that breeze. It just has that feeling. And even in the mornings, you know, in the summer we had very intense heat. But now, since August began, for over a month now, when you wake up in the morning, <coughs> excuse me, you will find that it's a little cooler. You actually almost need something. But, you know, we're soldiering on. We in the Midwest, we're accustomed to uh, extreme in weather, right? And we're accustomed to extremely cold weather at that. So we're hoping for the best. So pray for us. But an interesting thing is going to take place in a couple of days on our show. We're going to talk about climate change. And this time, we've always looked at climate change as something happening to different parts of the world. But this week, we're going to examine climate change as it is happening in the United States. I read a report recently that was absolutely mind-blowing that climate change could happen. So we're going to talk about that. But today being Sunday morning, typically we talk about matters of faith. And going into this cycle, after the week we've had, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder what's coming. Where is this leading up to? Where is this taking us? Because just this week, last week, we talked about Jesus, please take the wheel. And we thought the most unbelievable events that could have happened had already happened. We hoped. But instead, as the week progressed, it just kind of ramped up and just kept getting worse and worse to almost where we're beginning to lose hope. Almost to the point where we're not even sure if it is worth holding on. I mean, those of us who can make arrangements are probably busy making arrangements right now to live outside of the country in the event that there is another Trump presidency. I know that it's going to be intolerable for minority communities like myself and certainly persons who were not born here and who are deemed foreigners. I know that it's going to be intolerable, almost impossible for us to live here. I know that white supremacy and white nationalism is going to peak. And in some places, they're going to take over the security forces. And wherever they take over the security forces, I guess I just let the puss out the bag. Then there's going to be there's there are going to be confrontations. We have we're already seeing it. Just this past week, in in Kenosha, Wisconsin, we saw where a young white man walked with the police and walked into a crowd and opened fire on unarmed protesters. And then he walked away. And the police knew who he was, knew it was he because they saw him with a gun and they did not arrest him on spot. Even though they knew, they knew not because they had intelligence, not because intelligence uh, resources provided them with the information, but they were eyewitnesses and they did nothing about it. Again, we saw another case of police brutality against black men, the ongoing race war just seems to be spurred on. This black man was trying to end a dispute between two women. And before you know it, he was walking back. The police showed up. He's walking to his car. Why they would attack the black man, I don't know. But that's racism for you. 
and we saw we're on his way back to his car at point blank range the police a white police officer fired seven shots into his back the news could only have gotten worse we found out later that week that he has been shackled to his hospital bed despite being paralyzed from the waist down and the police concocted a story that he admitted to having a knife how could he admit to having a knife and he's been sedated under sedation for days since the surgery happened so how could he be interviewed by police and he's been sedated ever since he came out of surgery he's been sedated people what kind of tomfoolery is this and it just kept going on and on the ongoing protests just continued that the president had the most grandiose thing i've ever seen on the white house lawns he has changed irrevocably the face of american politics for decades to come because another idiot is going to rise up who is also going to campaign from the white house and say well i'm the ink sitting president i can campaign from the white house if obama had dared do it or clinton had dared do it the republicans would have been up in arms it seems to me that the republicans think and this is where the whole country is now the mood in the country is that the republicans think the country belongs only to them so they can do whatever they want to do and it's okay don't criticize them don't say anything about them don't say anything to them they're the only ones in charge that's dangerous don't you think that sounds a bit totalitarian doesn't it it sounds a bit it's not egotistical it's totalitarian it's dictator it's dictatorial that's what dictators do but that's where we are we're at this apex where power is concentrated in the hands of a few and suddenly we woke up and realized we can't trust those who have that power so now america finds itself in a state of reckoning what do we do because for days for decades we have been the ones telling other countries don't appoint dictators we've been the ones going to other countries and rooting out dictators and then we turned and looked inwards and what do we see we are not liking what we see at the same time there are a group of republicans walking to and from the white house if that is not a classic case of the haves and the haves nots i don't know what is they're walking to the white house to a ceremony that only they could get invited to and then right outside the gates of the white house are protesters protesting infamy protesting fascism because that's what we are beginning to look like protesting the days of too much concentrated in the hands of one and not distributed equally protesting race wars protesting police brutality protesting protesting the fact that there is a pandemic with over 181,000 people dead that did not have to happen not because we went to war not because of drugs not because of wars not because of weather but because of a pandemic a little virus 181,000 people that people have job losses people have no money they're being evicted from their homes and you're standing on the white house lawn in in ball gowns are you kidding me in america we've lost our freaking cotton picking minds yes our minds have been picked by cotton our minds have been replaced by cotton wool because we're not thinking how did we let this happen how did this happen how did how i, I want to ask this of all the politicians in washington how did you let this happen on your watch how did you sit back and let this get away with it what you just throw up your arms and said that the republicans are in control of the senate 
You didn't stage a filibuster. You didn't stage a sitting. You didn't march on the White House. You didn't demand. You, are you afraid? Then if you're afraid and you are closest to the nexus of power, what should Joe Blow and, 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 and Sheila Blow like myself do? If you're afraid and you're in Washington where the power is, and you are afraid of the power, so what should we do? So we got to look up. And in looking up, we have to ask ourselves, what's next? You know, after all the stuff that happened, Thursday night, you watch this grand foolishness, this tomfoolery taking place as if 181,000 people didn't just die. And I found myself sitting in bed Friday night. <laughs> and y'all, you got to understand what has happened. The march on Washington took place Friday. It inspired me, gave me hope because the next generation has pledged Generation Z, those, those tweens and early teenagers, the ones who are just going off to college, the freshmen in college, yeah? Generation Z. They're the ones who say, we're going to finish this. You guys started it. It didn't end. We're going to finish this. I felt good. I said, okay, there's some hope. Lord, let me live through the next four years. And I'm in bed and then I heard my daughter wail. And I'm like, oh my God, what now? And she said, Chadwick Boseman died. And I was like, huh? She said, Chadwick Boseman, who played the Black Panther. I was like, no, superheroes can't die, dude. <laughs> but he did. And I was like, wasn't Black Panther the movie that came out in 2018? And she said, yes. Wasn't that about black superheroes? And this mytholo- mythological place where black people live and they're in charge of themselves and they're kings and queens? And she said, yeah. I said, Isn't it fortuitous? Wasn't it a bit prophetic that the Black Panther movie happened in 2018? And here we are in 2020 in race wars. We could not have foreseen this one coming. I was done Friday night. You know what I did? I shut everything down and I just turned on Netflix and I said, I am gonna lose my mind watching Netflix. I'm not going to focus on anything that is current. I picked that up Saturday morning. I said, nope, we're not going to talk about, we're not going to look, we're not going to say anything. I am just going to breathe and ask myself, what's coming next? So I woke up Sunday morning and I found myself thinking, what's coming next? What's coming? I don't, I can't say for sure. But I know there are some tough days ahead. Everything is indicating that. There is nothing that is firm. The only thing we have are the promises of God. And sometimes in moments like these, the promises of God appear to be fleeting. In moments like these of uncertainty, the promises of God seem irreplaceable. It seems like it can't happen. It just sounds like it can't happen for sure because the events of the day are making you believe and are conspiring to make sure you believe that the promises of God are not going to be true. But long before the pandemic happened, when the last mass shooting took place last year, I had a dream. 
And in that dream, I saw Joe Biden as president. In that dream, I saw Joe Biden winning. And in that dream, something so terrible had happened in the country that people had begun to ask Mr. Biden and Mr. Obama to take control, to come back and take control because the country just seemed like it had headed, it was heading on a steep decline. And in the dream, it was Biden as president. I woke up. Naturally, we had just had, there was just a mass shooting had taken place. So I just assumed it was going to be another mass shooting. I called somebody I know who is a Republican. She and I had encountered each other and I told her about the dream. She didn't dispute the dream. Why? Because she knew who I am. And if I have a dream, if I say I have a dream and so and so, she's not going to dispute it because it wouldn't be the first or second time I've told her stuff that has happened. Right now in this moment of national uncertainty and uncertain national security and uncertain world security, the only thing I can hold on to is dream. That dream. That dream that tells me there is possibly going to be an America in the future an America that we can go back to, the America where all I'd have to worry about this fall is which college game ball I'm going to watch on Saturday and which football game I'm going to watch on Sunday and what am I going to do for Monday night football. I kid you not, that's all I would have to go through my fall season worrying about. And which soup am I going to cook? Because I like to make soups in the fall. And then, you know, they come out with French breads and, and French baguettes in the stores and you walk in the stores and you can smell it. And then I come home and I make my usual fall soups in your slow cooker, yeah? And that's all you'd have to worry about. And hay rides and going to farms and drinking cider and just drinking apple cider, y'all. It's fall. That's all we have. We want to worry about. That's all we want to think about. And which college games, are, and we all get together in our, here in Michigan, it's the green and the blue, green versus blue every time. That's all we wanted to worry about. Michigan State versus Michigan. It's the Spartans versus the Wolverines. That's all we want to think about. And then we want to watch the Detroit Lions on a Sunday. Are we going to go to church for 11 a.m. service? Or are we going to stay home and pray the Lord as we watch the Detroit Lions play? Are we just going to enjoy the community and the, the commentary on our social media pages about the game? That's all to think about. I was getting ready for Roll Tide, y'all. You know I'm a big bomber fan. I'm sorry, but I love me some Crimson Tide. <laughs> have been for more than 30 years. I love me some Crimson Tide. That's all I wanted. I wanted to see Bama and the Alberts. Come on now. You know we gotta watch that game. I was just waiting for fall on a Saturday. You know, I, I go in my woman cave. I go in my she cave, yeah? Yeah, I go in my she cave and you know, I just kind of just sit down and do my laundry. And you're doing your laundry and you're watching the game. And when the game is done, the game on a Saturday goes on till 10 o'clock. And when it's done, you go watch some lifetime. Get some takeout and go out to eat. And you can wear your boots and your jeans and your your cold clothes you know the clothes we wear oh my god that's all we wanted to think about you know what we'll be thinking about this fall how many days are we going to line up at polling stations
to make sure we can get into vote. That's what we're gonna work. What are we going to do when they send their law enforcement to intimidate people from voting? How many people are going to be killed in this fight? So one man can sit in the White House and think that he's Lord, God, and King. How many people, how many times do we have to say, this is for the good of all, not just for you, not because you have some mistaken belief that you should be in charge, in charge of what? You're neither, you're neither qualified, nor do you have any common sense of how things get done. How many times? What's coming next? We look at what's going on in the world. The president hates China. After a while, we started to get uncomfortable with it. Like, But China is the only country he continues to pick on. So that must mean something. But we didn't want to confront it. He never picks on Russia. And we're like, well, maybe because he and Putin are friends. But then, why do you pick on China all the time? It's because the Chinese are not white. So it's racism. Just like he called countries where my ancestors came from, S-hole countries. I kid you not. So you have to start looking then, a country like China that has the resources Well, how are they going to retaliate? Because by now, if it's apparent to you, to me, it's been apparent to them. So what are they going to do about it? They're not just going to sit back. China has never sat back and did nothing when accused. So what are they going to do? That's what's coming next. You look at Russia challenging U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. I thought we were finished with Afghanistan. I thought, you know... Didn't this president say he was going to withdraw troops from Afghanistan? And the, the previous administration kept saying it would destabilize the region and give Russia a foothold into that region because Afghanistan and Pakistan are right next to each other. Right on top of there's a mountain that separates Afghanistan from Pakistan. And up on that mountain, two different groups of people live. So they can crawl over the mountain into Pakistan. So you don't want them to go into Pakistan nor India and destabilize South Asia. So we'll keep troops in Afghanistan. This administration has no idea of how things work. They can't see. I don't even know if they know how things work in Idaho or Iowa. I think they know how things work in the this couple square miles around the Beltway in Washington. But outside of Washington, they have no idea. They also didn't employ people who know how things work because then those people sound smarter than them. So they dismiss them. So all we're doing is going around in a collective flux, but you have a leader who comes out and says, as long as he can come out and ruffle the feathers and say everything is all right, then Joe Blow down in Lake Charles, Louisiana, feels everything is all right till Hurricane Laura came right through and tore everything up from the ground up. What's coming next is worse than a hurricane. You think Laura was anything to mess with? I said a year ago that what's coming was going to be a tsunami. Nobody listened. It's going to get worse. It is not going to get better. We're going to have to make up in our minds what country are we going to live in? What do you want America to look like? Do you want America to be the land of the free and the home of the brave? Or do you want America to look like it's only good for a few? The people who can dance on the White House lawn while people are standing outside protesting because they lost jobs, they don't have a home, they have nothing to go home to. I have a college-age daughter. 
You know where she should be this morning on Friday was supposedly my liberation day. I was supposed to have it calendarized all over the place. I was supposed to move her in on a college campus to start her freshman year at Michigan State University. You know where my daughter is right now hanging out with friends, trying to get past the fact, trying to live through the fact that I didn't get to go to college after planning for college all my life. Why did it have to happen to me? No matter what platitudes I tell her, that it's not just you, it's a whole generation of young people can't get on a college campus. She's like, it's not fair. I said, well, we got to work to dismantle the system of apartheid that we live under. Because that's what it's coming down to, apartheid. Do you want what happened in South Africa to happen here? That's what it's coming down to. That's what's coming next is apartheid. And it's going to come before November. You know why it's going to come before November? It has to. Because if it comes before November, it will galvanize and mobilize you to where you get up. Because right now, the day after that full tomfoolery on the White House lawns, 50,000 people took to the mall on Washington. Yeah? Well, don't you think they're sitting back and looking at ways in which they can curtail that and prevent that from happening? Don't you think they're looking back and making sure that all those people in that crowd represent a force that is going to prevent them from winning? Don't you think they're looking at ways they can control that by delaying the election or trying to delay the election? Apartheid is coming. And I am telling you the honest truth. I am terrified of what it's going to do. Not terrified for me. I have a bunker I can go to. (laughs) What do you have? You live in your 20th story apartment. When they shutter it down. And you don't have the means to store food even if we can't get out for a week or two. Have you done? Have you done anything about it? Yeah, I sound like a conspiracy theorist now, but you have to think practically. Look at where the country is going. The people who now have power intend to keep power. It is clear that the will of the majority, we're not talking about the base and their supporters. It is clear the will of the majority is not for this tomfoolery to continue. But they want it to continue because frankly, looking at how things have happened, I believe a lot of people are going to face treason and jail time in the, in the years to come. I believe a lot of people are going to be imprisoned just because they were part of the tomfoolery. Well, those people are trembling in their boots and standing around saying, well, we got to prevent that from happening. So what are they going to do? Create riots. They're looking at pockets where they can go in and start something up. Be careful and be aware. They're coming. They're coming. And when they start coming, what are we going to do? You got to remember, you got to stand firm in the liberty that God has given you. Remember what the Constitution says. They're going to cloud it so you don't remember the Constitution. Hold on. Don't get emotional. Hold on. Are we going to lose people in the fight? We already lost 181,000 people. That's what it's going to take. If we don't have this, you got to look at this as constructive. If we don't have this, how are you not going to sit back? You're going to sit back and tolerate further removal of your rights. See, even the people who are the base supporters right now, they're sitting there thinking, it won't happen to me. I'm inured from it because 
I am white. No, you're not going to have Jack. <laughs> They're going to use every law that's already on the books to make sure you are far removed from your rights. And you're going to be standing there saying, but this couldn't happen to me. It's going to happen if you are not careful. That's what's coming next. We're in for a tumultuous time. And I know that I am the voice in the wilderness. I, I sound like John the Baptist. I feel like I'm way out in left field somewhere. Frankly, I didn't even want to do this. But I have to ask myself, when you look at it, any kind of assessment of the situation is going to tell you it's not looking good. If I'm thinking it, then the people who are policy thinkers are thinking the same thing. People all over the world are watching and they're saying America is in the midst of a civil war. It doesn't look like how it looked 150 years ago, 200 years ago, does it? Nah, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like the war between the North and the South. It doesn't look like that anymore. They're not Union soldiers and Dixie soldiers marching up and down. No, it doesn't look like that. The ideology behind it still stands, but it is looking vastly different. So they're thinking, we got to get the guns out of the hands of the people we want to enslave. We got to take their rights away and strip them off their rights. Make it so they can't vote. Make it so they can't think. Make it so they can't broadcast. Make it so they can't do anything. Imprison them if you have to. And there are willing soldiers who will jump and do it just like Hitler. Hitler's mother was a Jew. Hitler hated himself out of his own self-hatred. He created this fantasy that the Jews were responsible for Austria's demise. They had no freaking industry. They didn't get up and become an industrial power. They didn't try to find oil or resources. They were dependent on their monarchy for reasons. The monarchy is only interested in one thing. The monarchy was interested in having parties and having sex and enslaving people, enslaving the serfs so they'll be a slave to the monarchy. The monarchy didn't care what happened outside the palace gates. As long as they continued to eat well and enforce laws and took people's lands, that's all the monarchy thought about. The monarchy was caught up in an ancient system of beliefs that said they would be kings forever. Meanwhile, the country was going to rot. Here comes Hitler saying it's not them, their fault. It's the Jews' fault. If we take away what the Jews have, because it was ours in the first place, then we can get it back. That was a lie. The Jews were industrious. They came over from the East and made Europe their domain. They created industries. Maybe if they had followed what the Jews did, maybe they would have prospered. But no, Hitler was looking for a shortcut. He got his shortcut. He marched through Europe. Sometimes I think Europe forgets that. He went to Germany and to this day, you know, they, you know they say that fascism is on the rise in Germany? Do you know they say that neo-Nazis have become a thing in Germany? You will always find adherents to anarchy. You will always find them. They're fringe elements. They can't fit into modern society. They will always have this belief that they should be in charge. In charge of what? You can't even run your own lives. You have no idea how stuff works. You have no idea how policies are executed. You have no idea how to govern anybody. You can't govern yourselves. But you want to run something because you think it should go your way. 
this ancient Aryan ideology that Aryans rule. You need to go do Hitler's DNA, dude. And Judets who subscribe to Aryan mythology. Aryans never ruled. Jack history, as it's been written, is a lie. The Chinese existed in their own kingdoms running their own world. The Japanese had their own kingdoms, their own world. Africa was a, a, a continent filled with individual municipalities that had their own kingdoms and their own world. The history you are reading about is a mythology that is a lie. And yet you subscribe to it. Come on now. The evidence is in front of you. Nigeria has kings. Somalia, everybody has kings. Thailand has kings, Vietnam had kings, everybody did. So where did you ever get the idea from that white people has always ruled? That's been a lie, dude. The people from Greece, the people from Rome who were the brown people and the black people who traveled up, the evidence is staring you in the face. So the history that we've all been exposed to has been a lie. I say this all the time that history is written by the winners and the winners lie and misrepresent the facts. You know what we have today? Today is a gift. The reason today is a gift is because we have the irreconcilable internet. It ain't gonna lie. Into the, into the millennium, into perpetuity, the people who want to write and miswrite and lie about things as they happen, they're gonna have to reconcile with the internet. Because the internet is now the world's database. The internet has the data. For generations to come, they'll say, oh no, that's not actually how the riots went. This is really what happened. They can suppress it, but there are the people who can read it. That's what's going to change the face of humanity. Because we have existed on lies that have been told for generations that have condemned people to believe systems that never held their weight in gold. So what's coming if you were to ask me? What's coming? It's not looking real good. We're going to, we're in for a rough ride. Hang on. The days to come. It's going to be rough. We're just seeing the peak of it. A few months ago, I, I, I told you that I was worried about America. I have reason to be. You should too. If you are not mighty worried, then something is wrong with you. If you're not worried, then perhaps you're not watching what is going on. We have a system of government that has existed for over 200 years, 250 years. And it looks like, man, people are not liking it too much. We need to be able to underwrap our minds around it. That at some point, we, why didn't we never see this coming? That at some point we were going to elect somebody for whom power was the ultimate drug. Didn't somebody say that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts? Absolutely. If I'm not lying, was it George Orwell who said that in 1984, the book he wrote? Or it could be, uh, what's his name? Socrates. Somebody said that. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. We need to perhaps revisit the Constitution. Too much power resides 
in the hands of one person. We gave this person too much power. We, we just assumed in the goodness of people. And finally, we met someone who is corrupted with absolute power. The idea, just like Hitler was, wanted power and absolute power. And he marched across Europe and killed six million people, grabbed them and threw them into ovens and made them work on farms. Imagine they had to throw their own family members into farms. We got to be careful, America. We're headed that way. We're headed that way where we are going to have to inform on our neighbors, where we have to inform on our family members, where we are going to throw our own people and gaslight them. We've got to be careful. There are rough days ahead. There are rough times ahead. The America we are used to, where we go to work, get up and go on vacation, take a sick day, go buy what we want for the love of God, where you could just go home and pop a beer can open and sit back and relax and watch a sports game on ESPN. That America is gone because now we're troubled. As one athlete said this week, I think he's a coach, Doc Rivers. He said, I shouldn't have to talk about this. I just want to be a coach. Another person said, I just want to be an athlete and play game. But instead, they have to use the power of their visibility to talk about what is going on in the nation. And I encourage the members of the NBA, the players of the NBA and the NFL, to stand up and speak up and continue to speak up, just like Colin Kaepernick did. Even if you have to lose something, baby, the worst we could lose is our lives. And we all have to just be ready for that to happen. We all have to just make up in our minds that if this is what it's going to take to create a nation in which our children can live, then we might as well just button down and just throw ourselves in the fight because that's what's coming. They're going, these times are going to challenge us. These next times are going to move us. They're going to challenge us. They're going to make us want to know who are we? What are we here to defend? What do you believe in? You're going to have to make up in your mind that you're going to have to stand up for what you believe. You believe in freedom. You believe in democracy. You believe in freedom of the individual. Then you're going to have to stand up. And so be it if some of us lose the fight. Some of us might not make it out of the fight. Some of us are going to lose the fight. We got to understand that this is the price that we have to pay. We're not free until all of us are free. Dr. King understood that and he yelled it from the mountaintops. He yelled it and paid for it. He knew when he marched on Washington. He knew when he said that in Detroit. He knew when he went to Washington and said it that he was going to lose the fight of his life. But he said, while I'm still here, while I'm yet here, I'm going to encourage the generation to keep up the fight. The fight has never ended, my friends. The fight is on for our freedom, for our liberty, for our ability to pick up the phone and call whom we want, to get behind the wheel of our cars and drive where we want, to pick up the darn remote and watch a sports game on Saturday and Sunday. Do I have a witness? I am not happy. I am not happy that I won't have the liberty to live as I want to live. I should have been a mother who just took my child and dropped her off at college. Instead, now she's going to be homeschooled at the grand old age of 18 when she has achieved her majority. And it is her time to prove that she's ready for adulthood as she learns the lessons in between adulthood and childhood. Come on now, everybody. We are losing our liberty 
Don't you see that America, why is the wool still over your eyes? Are you so concerned with Pornhub that you are not paying attention? We don't have sports to distract us now. They're not playing ball like they used to. We don't have televangelism to distract us because them liars up in the pulpit knew this was coming for years. God has been telling them and they did not say anything. Instead, they cozy it up to the politicians and instead here we are in this mess. And now here we find ourselves at the risk of losing all our liberty. We are not free until all of us are free. Do you understand that? You sitting in your palaces right now behind your gated communities and you're thinking, I am free, you are not free. I want you to check yourself. Look in the mirror, look at the color of your skin. Your color of your skin is what's gonna give you a free pass back into that gated community. And if it says you can't get in, you can't get in, they will enforce it. We are not free until all of us are free. We've built a wall around ourselves. Canada says we can't get in there till September. Canada ain't gonna let us in for the rest of the year because the pandemic cases are gonna rise. Canada ain't gonna let us in. So it's not like I can run to Canada and watch the chaos erupts over here. They're not gonna let us in. We're gonna have the underground railway <laughs> to get into Canada. That's what it's gonna come to. They're letting just a few. A few people say, okay, come on in. We have the longest border between two nations in the whole world. The border between Canada and the United States. Everywhere else, there are different countries. In Europe and in parts of Africa where they're joined. But here is the longest one. And it's peaceful because it's the same two countries on both sides. They're not going to let us in. I'm begging them to. Hi, Canada. We love you. Help us out a little bit, cuz. Don't just leave us like that. Help. We'll be over here begging. Hi. Swimming across the Detroit River, if you please. And maybe, just maybe, Homeland Security might say initially, say no, and they say, you know what, to hell with this. Let me jump in the water and swim over there myself. Let me stay over there and survive, then I can come back. Do I have a witness? We're laughing at stuff like this, but it is possible. We're laughing at it because we cannot imagine a world in which we as Americans are not free. Freedom is written into our DNA, seemingly. We love that. I mean, aren't we called the ugly Americans when we travel? We're loud, demanding. Well, look, I don't like this this way. Why does it have to look this way? And that's not how we do it in America. So why does it have to look like this? Don't you go into Europe and you can tell an American from afar, black or white, God help us all. It's written into our DNA to demand that things work our way. Well, have you been asleep for the last four years? You didn't want to make any noise because you thought you were free. You didn't want to make any noise because you thought they would take away whatever liberties you already had. And you tell yourself some liberties are better than none. Look, we're not free until all of us, until all of it is free. If you're afraid to drive or you're afraid to speak up or you live in a community where I know a lot of us are going through that right now. You're the only color of love who looks like you in that community. You ain't sleeping at night. You're vigilant at night. You expect every morning you drive out there right stuff on your garage doors. You expect your house to be torched. You're expecting the, the homeowners association to start finding fault to get you out of the community. And that's going to happen. 
It's already happening. People just aren't talking about it. They're just packing up silently, put the house on the market, a movie. But it's already happening. So how did you think that you were, for many of you used to boast like I'm the only black in my community. Good luck with that. I don't think you're liking that right now. Because the odds are you might be removed. <clears throat> you might be so uncomfortable that you might not want to be there. This, my friends, is the crux of the matter. Look, look at me. As we move into this next phase, this is the last quarter of the year. I'll tell you this one thing I know right now. There's going to be victory by December 31st. He's going to concede by December 31st. He'll have no choice. They're going to compel him to concede. But until then, we're not free. Take nothing for granted. Don't assume that you can get up and get behind the wheel of your car and drive anywhere. Make no assumptions. Make no assumptions that you are just a person so you can go in a bar and have a drink on a Saturday night. People wake up. Make no assumptions that you can go in a restaurant and eat. Don't support their businesses. This is not just a time to buy black. It was always a good time to buy black. But now, do it with the awareness that we are doing this to preserve ourselves. Think about how dangerous a situation we're in right now. There's a national coin shortage because for three months, the economy was shut down. For three months, there was no visible commerce. People weren't spending cash. Think about that. Did you ever foresee a time when there, you go to businesses and there's a national coin shortage? Recently, I went into a store, I opened my wallet and I had fives and singles and they practically took them off of me. And I'm like, really, I probably only have like $25 in this. I just usually do that. To the extent <laughs> where, you know how you always have coins around your house that you ignore? It's gold now. <laughs> so those of you go through your wallets and your purses, gather up all your coins. It's gold. You can take it down to the, the, the grocery store and they'll give you cash for it. They want all your coins now. Whoever thought that the same Republicans who encourage closeted Christian pastors... Whoever thought that those same Republicans who preached that Barack Obama was the Antichrist. Yes, they did. They said Barack Obama was the Antichrist. Whoever thought that under their rule, we would see things of the Antichrist, like having no cash, everything is total paperless, people walking around with a chip in their hands in case they get kidnapped. Whoever thought that would come. How do you all feel, you Christian conservatives? That's what you call yourself. There's nothing Christian about you because you're not followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ never preached war, but you're busy up there all day having sex with children. Look at Jerry Falwell. Just this week. What a week. That man came out. He, he might as well just walk right out of the closet. He preached against homosexuality. He took a stand that people should not have sex unless they were married to each other. Natural born woman and natural born man. Yet he was watching the pool boy have sex with his wife. And according to the pool boy, he joined in. Who was he having sex with? I'm just saying. As if that weren't enough here, right here in Michigan, in Kalamazoo, here comes another one being charged for having sex with manners and paying young boys to have sex with his wife. But you stand behind a pulpit 
and preach. What are you preaching? Shut up and sit down. You all got behind a man who said he grabs women by the pee. A man who preaches sexual violence against women. You all love it. Because he's white? Or did he find out, find pictures of you? Because now we found out that Jerry Falwell only put his support behind Trump because Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, had the pictures. So are you all compromised? And you're supporting just in the people are looking at you like, you support somebody who believes in racism? And then want to come and tell me about God? People are like, tune that stuff out. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear you talk about God. I don't want to hear nothing about God. I don't want to hear nothing. What they really are saying, they're rejecting you. And the message coming out of you because you don't represent what God and Jesus stand for. Consequently, the people are lost. They have no spiritual direction. You notice all the other pastors who are still around haven't come forward to defend Falwell or say anything? They all have stuff in their closet. And it's all going to go like this. It's like a, 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 a thing bursting. You, it's almost going to be like the alabaster box just burst. It's coming. They will not be able to guide you. They will not be able to speak from their pulpits because the pandemic, the coronavirus is coming back in the fall along with the flu season. And it's going to rip through certain communities and through communities of color and throughout all communities. It's going to rip through certain places where they thought they were impervious to it. I pray the Lord God Almighty will keep you and me that we will still be standing when it's all said and done. It's going to look for a minute like we don't even know what we stand on, what we stand for. Are we even here? There are so many people who are going to question themselves and some of our giants, they're going to fall. We have a reckoning that is coming. We have to look within ourselves, within our souls and ask ourselves, We've been preaching liberty and freedom. Do we really think people have been free? All of you white pastors, you've been preaching liberty and freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But you were colluding with white cops to go and kill black people, put their knees on black people, shoot black people. Kill the prophet, kill the sound out. That's what you were doing. Somebody rose up in your congregation and said, man, that's not right. You eradicated them from your midst. You don't want to hear the rebel. You don't want to hear the infidel talk. You pro- you victimized and vilified people. And pushed them out because their message ran counter to your position of power. All you were after was the power. You all like that feeling on a Sunday morning to get up before thousands are tuned in to hear me. You all don't have thousands. You realize, no, you're not saying anything that is helping people. Your membership. I'm I'm watching you all on social media. Your likes are dropping. Why? You ain't saying nothing. How are you going to help anybody? When most of you right now are worried about the revelations that will come. When you were in your positions of power and your power bases. You never thought about accountability. And here 
it comes. The whole world is watching. The whole world is saying, America, show me your colors. The whole world is saying, so for years you were telling us how to live, but look at what you were doing to people in your own land. Twelve years ago, the FBI notified law enforcement that they were going to be infiltrated by the Ku Klux Klan. Nobody paid attention. You all sat back. And here we are. The Ku Klux Klan has taken over the police forces across the country. They're running things. And you have other members of the police force saying, all cops are not bad. Show me your colors, baby. And show me you. That's what's up. You can't expect me to be a fool if you're all putting your knees on the knee on the necks of black men. I'm not a fool. If you're going to shoot a black man in his back seven times. And you thought it was just going to go away. And then you let a young white man with his gun. Walk into a crowd with his gun. And you never stopped him. And the police knew who had fired the shots on those unarmed protesters. Who happened to be white, by the way. Send a prayer out. Because they were trying to stop the shooter. Where were the police when those shots were ringing out? Nowhere to be found. They let the young white man walk right past them. He had a conversation with them. They, uh, he asked for water and they gave him and actually told them, we are happy you are here. Yeah, that's what's up, America. We live in a day and age when cell phone video captures everything. What is going to be the video evidence of your life? What's going to be your legacy? How are you going to feel when the video evidence of the times you spent in bedrooms with other women and men start showing up How, what are you gonna do while you're here preaching a counter message while you're here doing this what's gonna happen what's coming next is a tsunami something we have never seen before something we never knew could ever happen that's what's coming next a tsunami they are gonna be race wars they're gonna be riots you know that people are homeless and they're hungry And they're not homeless because they're mentally ill. They're homeless because they lost their jobs. And the Congress, the Senate, refused to ratify to give these people the additional $600. But you're all parading in ball gowns on the White House lawn. It's coming. That's what's coming. My name is Harriet Kamek. Thank you so much for joining me on Down to Earth. Go to my page, HarrietKamek.com as well as visit my pages on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and stream us on iHeartRadio. Thank you so much, everybody. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday.